Hello and welcome to the In Squash Podcast, the 2021 year in review. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson. It's been a while. How is everyone doing out there? Uh, let's just say 2021's been a very challenging year for squash, but uh, there's definitely good reason to uh, to celebrate, celebrate uh, plenty of good reasons to celebrate this great game and be thankful for what we had this year. And uh, that's the reason uh, we're doing this today. Episode 202, 2021 year in review. Now, before uh, I get into it, I'll just tell you, uh, well, first of all, what we'll be uh, looking at today in terms of the year of review. We've got uh, our person of the year in squash. We have our ladies player of the year, the uh, men's player of the year, the most impressive ladies prospect and most impressive uh, men's prospect. We're, we're going to keep it... Uh, we're going to keep it tight, short, and sweet, but uh, definitely uh, really enjoyed sort of uh, going through, in my mind anyways, because I'm the, uh, the, the one who uh, came up with the, the, the winners of these, so it's definitely uh, a subjective uh, process, but I tried to provide a rationale for the, the winners uh, of today's uh, year in review, uh, but uh, you know, I'm sure some of you will disagree, no doubt you will. But uh, anyways, this is just uh, the way I see things, uh, the way they played out through the year. But before we uh, get into that, just a couple of things before we proceed. I just want to express my, my gratitude and appreciation uh, to a few people out there. Firstly, uh, to uh, Rob Eberhardt. He sponsored the podcast here for much of uh, this year and previous years gone by. Robert uh, has an episode on the podcast. He's the guy behind uh, Active Scout. So you can go back and take a listen to his episode, which is fantastic. He talks about uh, his ideas in terms of uh, the growth of the game. And uh, we've had several along those lines, including uh, Alan Thatcher on the pod and um, Ben Thomas, amongst others. And uh, anyways, I want to uh, th- uh, give a shout out to Rob uh, for his uh, for sponsoring the podcast uh, early on uh, in the year and previously, and hopefully we'll have him back on to discuss how things uh, are going with Active Scout and with his uh, ideas in terms of growing the game. But appreciate him uh, for that. And also a huge shout-out to a man who probably needs no introduction, but he gets one anyways, uh, Jamie Maddox from Squash Stories. Uh, he's been so supportive uh, of the podcast over the years uh, and this year in particular. I uh, just want to give him a huge shout out and uh, appreciate that all that he does with Squash Stories, which is a really uh, active uh, squash community. A lot of uh, amazing discussions that go on there. Uh, it's a polarizing uh, community, but we, you know, what he does is embrace everyone's opinion uh, we may not agree with each other all the time but that's the beauty of it and we really generate a lot of uh, a lot of fruit there uh, for discussion uh, on uh, squash stories and jamie's the guy behind that um, i like to bounce ideas around with him every now and then and he's been so supportive uh, of the podcast so uh, thanks so much uh, uh, to jamie as well and of course finally uh, i'd be remiss if i didn't uh, Give a shout out to all of the listeners there. It's been a fantastic last couple of years. Uh, I haven't been uh, putting the podcast together for the past couple of months simply because it's been a bit chaotic at work. Um, I do see some light at the end of the tunnel, so I'm hoping to uh, uh, get back into the swing of things, I hope, uh, in 2022. And no uh, better way to start 
that than with a year in review here for 2021. So uh, let's get started. Let's get started with this. Uh, we're going to begin with um, the ladies prospect of the year. And um, for me, this was a bit of a no brainer. I've been following her. I've had her uh, on the podcast uh uh, quite recently, and I do highly recommend uh, going back and listening to uh, Gina Kennedy's uh, episode, uh, Harvard uh, graduate, and uh, uh, did an incredible, uh, had an incredible squash season this year. I think she won eight challenger series events uh, she started the year well below 50 uh, could could have been even below 70 uh, at the beginning of the year she's all the way up now to world uh, number 25 and a few any of you watched the the most recent cib squash event in egypt well she she did extremely well to get to the semi-final there uh, beating uh, people seated above her all the way to that point where she lost to uh, nor el sherbini but she is the winner of the uh, the ladies prospect of the year currently again at world number 25 and now she She'll find her name uh, in the draw in most of these big events. Uh, previously, she'd had to uh, play in the Challenger Series events in order to build up uh, those ranking points, but now she's up to number 25 and has taken uh, out some pretty impressive scalps uh, quite recently in the big events. So congratulations to her. She's our uh ladies prospect player uh, of the year and clearly she's put in some incredible work uh with her team uh, over uh during this season i mean if you if you see what a how fit she is and how fit she she looks the way she moves around the court and the type of uh sort of up-tempo, very, very up-tempo, high-intensity uh, squash that she plays. Uh, bodes well for her in 2022. Now, no doubt, she'll be working on other parts of her game just as hard as she has on uh, the parts of her game that have gotten her to where she is today at world number 25. So, Gina Kennedy, our ladies' prospect player of the year. Now, the 2021 uh, male prospect of the year, this, this could stir up some controversy, and uh, typically when his name comes up, it always does. Uh, it's not really, I wouldn't, I guess uh, by the pure definition of prospect, uh, he's so highly ranked that, uh, that he's beyond prospect, but he's still only 20. Uh, I'm a big supporter of his, though. Uh, he's a polarizing figure, uh, Mustafa Saul, at the age of 20. Uh, he's found himself on the cusp of the world's top five. And without question, he is the, the most explosive and for many the most intriguing player uh, in the men's game. Now, uh, right now, it's not the time to dissect uh, the issues. There are there are many. Uh, admittedly, uh, there, are, there are some issues that have caused uh, Mustafa, Mustafa to become such a polarizing player uh, on the tour. But... Uh, it is partly for that reason that I've given him this award. I mean, whenever he plays, he, he is box office. Um, there have been several before him, most notably a former world number one and world open champion, a Canadian legend, uh, Jonathan Power, who've caused uh, traditionalists uh, like those who take issue today with Mustafa to take issue with the brand of squash uh, that they bring. But um, at the end of the day, Mustafa is box office whenever he plays you just you know you want to watch uh, much like JP was um, and what often gets overlooked is the you know the, the quality of squash that that's being played uh, Mustafa is uh, you know the shot making the fundamentals I mean the last event 
the rallies up and down the backhand wall were just uh, mesmerizing and the shot making ability the explosiveness of that and his explosive movement for such a big guy uh, to be able to move around the court that way that explosively that quickly to get balls back uh, that is what impresses me the most the quality of it all and of course the fact that he's only uh, 20 years old so he uh, is our prospect of the year although he's more like I said uh, beyond prospect I think the fact that he's still young he's still maturing and I say that uh, that he is maturing because he he has matured a fair bit over the last uh, few events um, he's still prone to some episodes on court we won't get into that uh, right now but that has improved and and overall I mean his uh, banter with the officials is very very mild-mannered he doesn't raise his voice like a lot of the other players do um, he expresses himself in a respectful way uh, perhaps though some people might take issue with his movement but again we won't get into that he is our prospect uh, of the year he's number six in the world right now and he's going to be pushing uh, to move up to number one in the world next year it's going to be an exciting 2022 that's for sure so congratulations to mustafa asal and i encourage you uh believe i have two episodes of mustafa on the podcast one when he first uh, um entered the tour after uh, winning his second world junior open and then more recently i believe it was shortly it, it was uh, maybe in july of uh, this summer and he had a tremendous season uh, thereafter so number six in the world uh, Mustafa Asal, our prospect, male prospect of the year. Okay, well, we're, uh, we're progressing nicely here. Uh, and uh, I don't even think I said uh, Happy New Year and uh, season's greetings to y'all. But, uh, yes, yeah, season's greetings, Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, we're proceeding now on to squash person of the year. And I think this goes uh, without saying, I mean, uh, it's been a tough year for squash. I think the PSA has done a fantastic job keeping a professional squash on the map as best as they could, uh, as they can, given the circumstances. But uh, there's one person out there uh, who his passion for the game is obvious. Uh, Hussein Abaza. I could be mispronouncing that, but I hope I'm not. A CEO of CIB. Uh, without his passion for, for the game of squash, we... Uh, we wouldn't have had so many uh, exceptional events uh, over the season. I think there were two platinum events, one gold, and of course the World Tour Finals, all of which were sponsored by CIB, and uh, his passion for the game is a result of that. So a huge uh, thank you goes out to CIB CEO Hussein Abbasa for, uh, for sponsoring these big events in Egypt and uh, giving us squash enthusiasts uh, of the pro game something to look forward to throughout the year some of the best uh, some of the great matches uh, of the year took place during those events and without his uh, sponsorship and without his passion we wouldn't have had that opportunity so i'd love to have uh, hussein on the podcast one of these days uh, so I'll probably try to reach out to him and see where the passion comes from and uh, what he sees in terms of the future for squash down the road. But incredible that he was able to uh, to put together such uh, 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 four great events there. I mean, the, the two platinum events, the gold event, and of course the, the tour finals, all sponsored by uh, CIB uh, this year. So 
Squash Person of the Year, Hussein Abaza. Many thanks on behalf of all of us squash enthusiasts, the squash community, and squash in general. Uh, appreciate all that you've done for the game in 2022. So we're moving on now to our Ladies Player of the Year, and uh, this was pretty much a no-brainer, although there were several uh, in contention, uh, several several ladies who are nipping at the heels of our Player of the Year, uh, the likes of uh, Noren Gohar, Amanda Sobi, Hanya El Hamimi. Uh, they, they really uh, gave our Player of the Year uh, a run for her money, but uh, at the end of the day, the world number one is Nor El Sherbini, and she's number one for a reason. Um, uh, Norel Sherbini, she she pretty much uh, when Renee Melwilili uh, left the game, I think she saw um, you know she knew that there'd be quite a few of the girls looking to take uh, that number one spot, but there was no question that Nor uh, saw this as an opportunity to solidify herself in that position. Obviously, uh, winning uh, this year, the the reason she earns the honors as she she's won the two most prestigious. Uh, events on the calendar, the World Championships and uh, the British Open. Uh, Noran Gohar and, uh, as I mentioned, Noran Gohar and uh, Hanya El-Hamimi, also uh, Amanda Sobi, also had massive uh, massive years and victories over Nor. But uh, on the big stage, uh, Noran, sorry, sorry, Nor uh, performed uh, like the world number one uh, that she is and uh, it was great to watch. She, she showed up this year very fit, uh, I think fitter than she's ever been, although I, that can certainly be said of, uh, I think, a lot of the, uh, all the girls there. Amanda showed up extremely fit, played a, a, a better brand of squash than she's ever played, and Norhan uh, Gohar really, really looked fit, uh, fitting for the, um, for the moniker of the Terminator. Uh, but the ladies, uh, in general, uh, this season maintained a really, really impressive uh, competitive depth of squash, uh, uh, despite, again, despite the loss of Renee Elwilili and, of course, Nor uh, El Taya. But uh, just to speak of uh, the others, Noran Gohar played some scintillating squash throughout the season, and uh, she's one of my favorite players, uh, men and women, uh, combined, um, uh, one of my favorite players to watch. She's very athletic with her movement. Uh, obviously, she just hammers the ball uh, at will, and she she's a box office type player as well. It was on display when she uh, when she won the U.S. Open and um, and the World Tour Finals, and also losing in in the World Open uh, uh, final to uh, to Norel Sherbini as well. And uh, Haniel Hamani Hamami had some big wins and. Uh, you know, she she could have arguably been uh, the prospect of the year as well. I just thought that uh, that Gene uh, Kennedy's uh, season with, with with those eight wins on the Challenger Tour and bringing herself up from seventy five to twenty five. I think Hanya is sort of akin to uh, to Mustafa in terms of you know where she is in the rankings and how well she's performed. 
But uh, yeah, that was a tough one there. But anyway, she she had an incredible year, and so did uh, Amanda Sobe. She she's at number three in the world now. Uh, great for North American squash, uh, American squash in particular, and uh, that is that. So we've got some interesting squash uh, coming up in 2022 on the female side. But uh, there's one person at the top of the rankings that uh, that's there, and uh, she she displayed. Great squash throughout the year, and there's a reason she's number one, and that's just because uh, she's a step ahead of everyone else when it counts. Nora El Sherbini, congratulations. She is the ladies' player of the year. And, you know, the women's game is going to be extremely interesting uh, in 2022. I mean, we also saw the return of Noor El-Tayeb, and she looked very, very impressive, uh, you know, after having taken such a... a bit of time off having a child and uh you know she looked uh, fit she looked hungry um so i'm just wondering how that's going to all play out in 2022 obviously again norel sherbini is the player to beat but you've got noran gohar you've got haniel hamimi you've got amanda sobi and you've got a slew of others i mean gina kennedy moving up the ranks she's going to have to develop uh her offensive game if she's going to really contend in the top uh, top parts uh, of the game but uh, you've got so many uh, talented young players coming up uh, as well in the women's game so it bodes well for an intriguing uh, 2022 on the women's side now uh, the men's player of the year honors it was a tough call a very tough call uh, it was a tough choice between two uh, obvious contenders Ali Farag and uh, Paul Cole uh, but it for me, anyways, it came down to head-to-head over the year and also the recent run of form. Uh, Paul Cole is our male player of the year, and what a season he's had and what a, a, a breath of fresh air. I mean, a game, I hate to say it's been dominated, and it still is. Uh, I'm not sure what is it in the top 20. There must It must be 60% of the top 20 are Egyptian, but... We could have ourselves a Kiwi number one in the very near future. Um, there, there's talk of that given uh, the, the tournaments that are coming up and who plays in them. And if, if Paul plays in a few of them and does well, he could find himself at the top of the rankings. But he had a really, really impressive uh, year, and he's our winner of the Men's Player of the Year. Uh, now the season started well uh, for Paul, uh, and he was uh, he was always poised to contend. But uh, as we all know, uh, you know he he has that he had that game where he retrieves the ball well, he places the ball well, but uh, at times uh, had maybe he was a bit apprehensive in terms of putting it away. He could always he can always do that. He has an incredible uh, short game as well. But I think that's something that uh, his coach, Rob Owen, and he have been working on. And it has come, uh, you could see that that part of his game has evolved uh, more recently in, in the last uh, couple events in the season. But as I was saying, the season started well and he was poised uh, to contend. But the question uh, at that time always remained, could he, could he perform uh, and play that type, but the type of squash that was necessary uh, to win uh, the big events? He was always going to contend, but could he uh, could he win those big events? And then winning the British Open uh, sort of laid the groundwork, I would say, 
for that. But again, uh, you know, we saw Miguel Rodriguez win the, the British show open not too long ago. Uh, so, you know, you can do that on the day, but I think, you know, di uh, Paul obviously was a different story. He'd always been in the semifinal. He'd been contending, he'd been beating, uh, the guys in the top five in the world regularly, or, you know, giving them a very, very uh, good run for their money. But winning that British open, I think was one of those, uh, events that gives a player the confidence uh, to take it to the next level and you could see that that's exactly what it did and I think it sort of uh, sparked uh, you know lit a fire underneath Paul and also maybe uh, underneath his coach Rob Rob Owen uh, and they turned they took it to another level and you could see that as the season played out because uh, his game really uh, you could see the, the slight changes in his game, but a lot more confidence with his, uh, you know, implementing a little bit more uh, offensive stuff, but still playing to his strengths, which is keeping that ball tight, playing a very, very good fundamental uh, game of squash. And um, he, he earned this honor by winning the final uh, two events of the year over Ali Frag. Now, Ali, of course, finished the year as world number one. And no doubt, no doubt he'll be happy with, uh, with accomplishing that, uh, taking over the number one spot from uh, our friend Jamie Maddox's uh, uh, number one. Uh, he's the number one fan of Mohamed El-Sherbagi, uh, and also winning the world championship. So that, that's why this was such a tough call. But I think, Paul, you know, given where he came from uh, at the beginning of the season, winning the British Open, winning the final two uh, uh, matches of, of the, the final two tournaments, I should say, of the year. And then also, you know, just given how his game, we, we saw it before our eyes, really evolved. And, and uh, he took it to the level I think that's required to get to the world number one spot. Now, he's not exactly there yet, but he should be there, I think, if he continues with this run of form and with this uh, level of um, improvement in his game and, he, and if he can sustain that uh, we're going to see Paul at the number one spot in 2022 so uh, next year should be extremely uh, exciting I mean we've got obviously I talked about M Mustafa Saul at the beginning we've got Joel Macon who you know he's a lot you know, there are a lot of similarities that can be drawn between him and um, Paul Cole uh, I think Joel's a bit more of a work in progress. Obviously, he's got more physicality. Uh, I guess it's tough, you know, tough to say that, but more more physicality than Cole. Uh, and I think he obviously he relies on that, and that's where he at times can uh, can fall short in these big matches, uh, uh, in the semis, uh, in the big events. Diego Elias, obviously, he had some good wins this season. And we're looking forward to uh, seeing if JP and he can take it to the next level. He's got the game that, you know, if he can get it going in his head, the, those six inches between the ears, if he can get that sorted out, I really think he's also a, a big contender to to move into uh, the, the top five, the top um, three even, and contend for number one and win some some really big events uh, this season he won he's won a couple of events this year some big ones uh, and then obviously you've got uh, Mohamed El Sherbagi uh, looking uh, looking to come back and hopefully um, maybe make some inroads regaining the number one spot Tarek Moman obviously 
Um, and then, of course, uh, you've got others like Marwan El Sherbagi uh, and others who are going to contend in 2022. But uh, the year of 2021, Player of the Year on the male side, Paul Cole, well-deserved. Congratulations to him. And I think I speak for, for many of us. Uh, I can't wait for 2022, um, both on the men's and women's side. But uh, the men's game, uh, there are quite a few guys that are vying for that number one spot. And it's not a given who's going to come away with it. Um, my money's on our man here, Paul Cole. But uh, Ali Farag, I mean, uh, I really, really enjoy watching him play. He's got such a such an incredible game. He plays it. I mean, Asal is like one of these guys who who's unique, but so is uh, so is Ali Farag. He just the way he moves around the court, the way he can place the ball, and his touch from just about anywhere is absolutely incredible. And he's such a a, a good guy on the court. I mean, he's got such a great temperament. And it's great to see so many junior uh, players looking up to him. Uh, he's a he's the perfect role model uh, for the game. So, anyways, again, congratulations to Paul Cole, our Player of the Year for the, on the male side for the In Squash podcast. So, just in review, uh, let's just wrap it up here. Uh, so, uh, prospect of the year on the ladies' side, uh, Gina Kennedy. Prospect of the year on the male side, Mustafa Asal. Person of the Year, CIB CEO Hussein Abaza, Female Player of the Year, Noor El Sherbini, and Male Player of the Year, Paul Cole. Uh, and also, I just want to give again a, a shout out to all of you who've been listening to the podcast for the last several years. 2021 was a pretty good year for the podcast, although we did uh, take our foot off the gas a little bit towards the end of the year, given my situation uh, at work. Hopefully, uh, uh, things will uh sort themselves out and give me the opportunity to get back into the swing of things. I also want to give a shout out to the non-squash personality of the year, Mr. Simon Payne. You're going to hear uh, all about that in an episode that's upcoming. Uh, He's a huge uh, squash enthusiast and he'll be uh, on the podcast very soon with any luck. Uh, Again, thanks everybody for listening. All the best with your squash in 2022. Uh, Hopefully it's a great year. We can overcome, uh, we've shown that we can overcome any obstacles that are put in front of us. We've got a lot of work to do, though. We've got to work on growing the game. I see Paddle uh, right here in front of me. Uh, It's exploding here in the UAE, and and I think it is uh, throughout the world. So Squash has to put uh, something together in order to uh, continue to try uh, to grow the game and to keep our heads above water. I think we're barely uh, doing that right now, but some new... Uh, forward thinking is required and uh, we're going to be hopefully discussing a lot of that in the uh, in the near future on this podcast and i'm sure you're going to see a lot of that in in uh, other podcasts and squash publications that are out there guys like alan thatcher or uh, uh, richard millman um uh, Eduardo Alvarez, amongst others, pushing the envelope in that regard. And we need to keep our ears to the ground and try to support uh, initiatives that uh, that are uh, coming out of those conversations. But uh, at any rate, again, everybody, Happy New Year, Happy 2022. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Congrats to all the winners. And, uh, yes, everyone, Happy New Year.